Who do you trust? What authority do you listen to? Keep listening as my father, Dr. Michael Youssef, joins me today. Before we dive in, let me stop and say hello. Welcome back to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. Each week we'll tackle tough issues, we'll answer your hard questions, and we'll take a candid look at the Christian faith. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef, and this week we welcome my father, Dr. Michael Youssef. Dad has given his life to the faithful proclamation of the gospel uh, and has spent the last 50 years or so warning Christians, teaching Christians, but particularly warning Christians of the dangers of compromising the truth of God's Word. He's an example to all of us of remaining faithful to the call of God on his life. Never one to shy away from a hard topic. Welcome to <laughs> your podcast, or is this my podcast? Thank you. It's your podcast, it's a joint and effort. thank you for inviting me. Well, we're glad to have you. For people who know and follow your ministry, right. uh, they know that you don't deviate from what the Scriptures teach. Right. What is it that gives you confidence in the Word of God? Well, that confidence comes from knowing that the Word of God is authoritative, that it is God's self-revelation, that this is the way God wants us to know Him, and it is unfolding. You know, it's a gradual thing. We saw God in part in dealing with Abraham. Then we saw Him in part dealing with Moses and Joshua and entering into the Promised Land. And as He unfolds and, and, and opened Himself to us to know Him, finally, as the book of Hebrews said, He revealed Himself fully without reservation. Uh, it's not a little bit here and a little bit there. It is fully, completely in Jesus Christ. Mm. So anybody wants to know God, take a good look at Jesus. Mm. And so as a person who studied history and love history, for example, we know that Mount Vesuvius and some of the details is based on a 17-year-old testimony. The, the account, the, the the account of what uh, happened. Sure. Okay. That's of course we we know it's there. We can visit it. You sure. and I visited that's there right. and saw the uh, what happened. But nonetheless, we can visit Israel. But how do we know about Jesus, the cross, and we see the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and so forth? Mm. But we don't have a, a testimony of a seventeen-year-old. <laughs> we have the testimonies of over five hundred people. Mm. And they not only just testified, yeah, this is truth we saw and we heard and we lived and we experienced, they said, it is so right, it is so truth mm. that we're ready to die for it. In fact, they consider dying for Christ and for the Christian cause to be a privilege, mm. be an honor. They, they say, wow, are we being considered that privileged to die for Christ? Mm. So when you see all of that, any honest historian, if he's honest, mm. Honest historians sure. will look at this and say, this is the truth. This is, without a doubt, God's self-revelation, that God the Son in the person of Jesus Christ, that both divine and humane, all the humanity and divinity all in one. Why do you think um, there's such an attack on something? So, you know, Pompeii, Mount Vesuvius, sure. yeah. no one really criticizes that, sure. and, and, I, and I, yeah. I, I think I know what you're going to say, but, but why <laughs> yeah. why such attack yeah. um, on, on who Christ was, whether right. he was divine or human? Because everyone takes different sides of all those arguments. Right. Well, the thing is, nothing is new. 
The ridiculous part is that we think that what we're seeing now, what we're feeling now, what we're experiencing now is something new. It is not. At the very, very, very beginning of humanity, the devil came to Adam and Eve and said, well, did God really, really, really (laughs) say this? Okay. You see, the the devil is a one-trick pony. Mm. And he doesn't vary. It's a good trick, though. It's it's a great trick for him, yes. Right. Unfortunately, sadly, for those who fall for that trick. Mm. Did God really, is God's word really true? Is Jesus really a historic figure? Is this true? How do we know? Is it relevant for today? All of these whispers, we know its source, even though he may use human beings to do it. But we know the source is Satan from the very beginning. He wants to bring doubt. He wants to bring doubt in our hearts about the goodness of God, about the greatness of God. And his very attack on Job was exactly that. He wanted Job to distrust mm. God. Right. And uh, the wonderful thing about the, the life of Job is that he would not let him succeed, and he, in the end, became victorious. And so I want to encourage everybody, don't be bamboozled by the doubters and those who try to bring doubt into your mind. Stick to the truth. Examine the truth. You see, in Islam, I have many Muslim friends, mm. and they, imams would say to them, their theologians would say, don't ask questions. You're not allowed to ask questions. It's important. I mean, it's just absolutely, <laughs> it, it is illegal to ask questions mm. about their faith. In Christianity, we welcome questions. Yes. Absolutely. We have done that for 2,000 years. Why? Because we're confident in the truth. And the truth, when once discovered, it will set you free. You know, we interviewed a Muslim convert, mm. and that was his testimony right. was even though he had great love and respect for his father sure. and his grandfather, it was the thing that he couldn't get over was that they couldn't answer his questions. Mm. And when he kept persisting in them, they finally just told him, stop asking the questions. Well, they tell him he's a sinner and going to hell to ask right. questions. <laughs> right, right. And uh, because they don't have the answers. And that's why. I mean, if, if, if you are living in fear, it's because you really don't, you know, don't know the truth uh, or, or deny the truth. And so we are not in fear. We are not afraid. Uh, we are ready and willing to hear uh, opposition, arguments, debate, criticism. It's fine mm. because we, in the end we are very confident that the truth is in Jesus and therefore uh, he is the only one when he reveals that truth to us, is going to set us free and empower us mm. to live in his power. Mm. Well, we know that there are, there's really probably millions of people who um, see the scriptures and the Bible the way you do and, and feel with those, um, some, some level of those convictions with you. But there are, there's a lot of people who were brought up in the church mm. who are struggling with accepting God's word, and, right. and I see it all the time. It's a, it's a it's an old book. Right. Uh, it doesn't have the weight that the modern things, modern sure. philosophies, and thinking have. Why do you think people struggle with seeing God's word as inerrant? Because they don't want to look in the mirror. The word of God is a mirror. It reveals us as we really are, not as we want to be or as we want to project ourselves to others, but as we really are. 
and very few people want to face reality. And the Word of God said sin is evil. Yes. The Word of God said uh, sin is, is, brings judgment uh, and brings death. And who wants to confront that? But at the same time, the Word of God also washes us, cleanses us when mm. we come um, confessing that evil. Mm. God is ready to forgive. Mm. And the problem is so many people brought being brought up in a— um, legalistic, self-righteous homes. They don't understand what the grace of God is, how God provides that grace, and how that grace works. And so they say, well, I don't want to confront reality. Or they could have grown up in homes where they saw hypocrisy. Hmm. Um, you know this more than anybody else. You grew up in a home where when I failed, I told you and your siblings, I failed, and I'm sorry. Um, I don't think I ever said to my children, and you are a witness of that, hey, you got to do this because your father is a preacher. <laughs> no, because that would be a very false dichotomy and a burden that nobody should carry. But you do that because you love Jesus. Hmm. And so it is my conviction that if there are young parents out there listening, the most important thing to do is to make your children fall in love with Jesus. That's really the most important thing you can do. Not the do's and the don'ts and the lists and so forth, because that is really not going to lead to life. But as they fall in love with Jesus, they will be able to, even when they fail, they'll know that they have a loving God who is opening his arms for us to repent and turn to him in confession and then in renewal. Because God doesn't just forgive us, but he renews us, he strengthens us in the next step in our life. I think you've answered the next question I was going to ask, which is in my generation who have seen that hypocrisy, whether mm-hmm. it's from a parent or some, some authority figure yeah. or the inconsistencies or even the pastors yeah. who have fallen morally, um, including those who have denounced biblical truth as yeah. either unloving or yeah. even calling it evil. Yeah. How does a young believer continue to embrace biblical truth with these types of challenges? So you've spoken to the parents, but to the young believer who's got those doubts, you know, the whispers of Satan in their mind. Or even the seeker who, you know, might not be a believer at all and who's seeking and he would say, look, you know, look what happened. Look at your pastors. Look at your leaders and so forth. I understand that. I really do. And my heart goes out to them. Um. I was privileged to be discipled by an illiterate man who was really the most amazing man I've ever known in my life. Of course, I haven't seen him in 50-plus years. But God brought him into my life. He was a domestic. And then he prayed one time. He said, God, I love to read your word, and I'm illiterate. And so God supernaturally helped him to read the Scripture. So he opened the Scripture, and he reads a small print, (laughs) and he would read it, and he would read it aloud to me. But if you put the newspaper in front of him, he could not make head or tail of the headlines. Mm. So this is really was a, a remarkable story. This man impacted me as much as theologians in my life later on. I've had many great and godly men impacting me. But this man said something to me that I have never, ever, ever forgotten. Many things, but this is one of them. He said, if you ever want to stumble and fall, keep your eyes on the church leaders. Mm-hmm. You fix your eye on the church leaders, and you will fall all over the place. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will not fall or stumble. And that stayed with me 
When I see preachers fall, when I see people who pretended for years to be believers and they're not, and, and, and then, of course, the world is shocked, and, and these candles, of course, as Satan uses and stirs up. But in reality, these people were never believers to begin with. They were pretenders. Mm. The book of Hebrews calls them tasters, right. uh, not uh, digesters. They had just tasted the Word of God. They had never really ingested it and made it part of them. And John said they are... Because they were not really of us, they went out. And so I want to encourage all young believers and all believers alike, and uh, even those who are seeking and looking at the Christians, don't look at the Christians. I am the first one to tell you that I have clay feet. And don't look at me. Look at Jesus. You will never be disappointed if you look at Jesus. Mm. His heart, his love, his compassion, his mercy, his grace, and yes, his truth. And his justice, all of that makes him to be compelling. You cannot ignore him. You either believe in him or deny him altogether. You either love him or hate him. And it is my invitation to all those who are your generation to turn to Christ and look at him and him alone. I am so encouraged to know that the Z generation, Generation Z, they call them Gen Z, and I just heard this from a great expert on that generation, is that they are different from the millennial generation. They are seeking truth and justice, and they are opening their hearts to uh, what God is doing. And this is really a great encouragement to all of us that we probably going to see a revival through that generation, which is great news. Mm. And uh, I serve, pray, and and uh, seek to do all I can uh, to see God working in, in the lives of the young people. So I just want people to be encouraged as they look to Christ. Do you see this as um, coming back to that issue of um, looking to man, mm-hmm. that sort of anthropocentric, the, yeah. the man-centered gospel, the man-centered uh, reading of the Bible, the yep. man-centered uh, music that yep. we hear coming out of yep. the Christian circles. Yep. Do you see that as a great threat uh, to Christianity today? I, I think it's worse than atheism. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you why. Atheism, at least, is somebody says, I don't believe in God, I don't believe there's a God, and I, I can deal with that. Right. I, I can easily deal with that. But the person who pretend to be a Christian but preaching a false gospel, right. it brings to mind the epistle of Paul to the Galatians. Mm. The Galatian church got deceived by people who came and preached a false gospel. Right. They never denied Jesus. Oh, no, no, no. They believe Jesus. They believe the resurrection. They believe all that. But it is Jesus plus, plus. that you have to do this. What happens mm. in our culture with the self-centered, man-centered gospel is that if you give the preacher some money so he can buy a private jet, that you're going to be rich. Mm. Or if you have good thoughts, you might get upgraded uh, on the plane to first class. Or if you do this, you do this, you do this. All about me, 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 me. Mm. Even the singing, as you already said this, you know, the, some of the songs, it's about me, me, me. Well, <laughs> I would say, oh, my. And that is a false gospel. And the reason it is more dangerous than agnosticism or atheism is because it disguises itself as Christian. Mm. And sadly, 
thousands, if not tens of thousands of people fall for it. Mm. F- and that is really, really tragic. Mm. And we need to be even harder on them than those who are struggling. I'll tell you why. You look at Paul dealing with the Corinthians, and the Corinthians had moral failures. They had struggles. They had all kinds of problems that they were dealing with. And you know what Paul does? He calls them saints. Mm. Mm. (laughs) But he goes to the Galatians, who were so legalistic and full of self-righteousness, and they're adding to the gospel, and he starts ripping their shirt off the first sentence. (laughs) Who's bewitched (laughs) you? You foolish Galatians, (laughs) who bewitched you? Why? Because that's dangerous. Mm. You see, moral failure, or the temporal, I should qualify this, temporal moral failure, or temporal failure of any kind, and we all know it, we all experience it. I've experienced anger, and I've experienced things that I'm not proud of, but that you can deal with at the cross. But false gospels is very misleading. It gives you a false hope. Exactly. Our conversation will continue, but this is a great stopping point for us today. We've talked about a lot, and there's so much to consider. Things like, are our eyes fixed on Jesus, or are we looking to other people to validate our faith? Uh, Is Christ at the center of your life, or are you at the center of your life? These are deep questions that are going to take time to answer. My hope is that you do take the time to think and pray through these things. They're of great importance. If this episode has raised questions for you, please feel free to reach out to us and share at ltw.org candid. While you're there, download this week's free resource, Four Reasons You Can Trust the Bible. It outlines the incredible evidence for the Bible, and it's free. So stop by ltw.org slash candid and ask your questions and get your free download. We'll finish our conversation with Dad next week when he will share the one thing he has encouraged each of his children to pray. We'll be looking at the key to discerning between spiritual truth and falsehood and what it means to be an ambassador for Christ in today's world. You don't want to miss it. Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. And don't forget to share your questions with me and get your free download of the week at ltw.org slash candid. I look forward to hearing from you.